Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Wherever you are, welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the she in gracious. You do have one. <laughs> I have one. A second ago, someone goes, I don't have a she. No, I have one. <laughs> I have it. Grace. Gracious. Gracious. That's right. I did it. Boom. Hi. My name is Summer Yeager, and I'm oh here with my... Oh, my gosh. Okay, sorry. What? What happened? Georgia was, like, kicking she wildly you? in there. <laughs> Get it, girl. It was, was like ready. <laughs> she was like the when you see the little bushes in the wind that are yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like she was like one dancing. of those those windsock guys that are out in front of <laughs> yeah. uh, like car I dealerships <laughs> in there. Oh, <laughs> I love her. Hi, my name is Summer Yeager, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy and her baby that's still in her belly. Mm-hmm. And um. I have a confession to make, and I'm going to make you make the same confession. (laughs) So here we go. Uh, I cannot. There is a work of classic literary fiction that I cannot get through. And I have decided, like that hymn, I have decided, or something like that, (laughs) however it goes. I have decided that I'm just never going to try. And that book is Pride and Prejudice. Oh, can't do it really cannot do it uh i passed i got an a on the test in high school okay on it. i'm pretty sure i read the spark notes um because yeah. it bored me to tears and i just couldn't and i feel there's there are times that i feel legitimate guilt uh-huh. and i feel bad about that i don't think you have to feel bad i don't about it. i don't have to feel bad but sometimes i'm like there have been times in my adulthood where I've been like, it's ridiculous that I never read that. I'm going to read it. And then I get through the first chapter and I put it back on the shelf. And I'm like, so no, I've read, I've read no. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. My confession, mm. I would say, is that I have feel no need to read anything else written by Jane Austen. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I feel yeah. like I got it. You got it. You get yeah. it. You got it. I didn't it. hate reading Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Um, It's not horrible yeah. to me. See, even I have just, nothing against Jane Austen, but I feel talking, like I did it. I feel like I did it. Talking about it now, I, I I feel an inspiration to go home and read it. Yeah. And I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get through the first chapter, and I'm going to put it back on the shelf. Okay. So how, well, you how, don't have to. How does someone finish reading that book? Uh, for a grade. Okay. Well, I got, a, I got, I don't know. I got I did, the A. <laughs> I did. I did kind of enjoy it okay. um, in the context of the, like studying it. and. Okay. Like, you know, yeah. the context, sure. the historical context and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But I also, like I said, I f- absolutely feel like I don't need to read anything else by Jane Austen ever. Okay. So you haven't read like Sense and Sensibility mm-hmm. or, okay. Yeah, I just can't. But um, I watched the movie about Jane Austen with, uh, shoot, um, oh. her face that's, that's weird, uh, what is her name? Anne Hathaway. Yes. And and James McAvoy. Okay. And that movie made me cry. Ugly tears. I mean, horrible mm-hmm. tears at the end. 
de- serious depression. That movie is the saddest yeah. film. Maybe that's why I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. But what, so <laughs> what is the, what is the book that you, like the classic that you just, you haven't read, you don't want to read, you refuse, you don't care. Oh gosh. What is it? I don't know if I have one. There's got to be one you haven't read. Um, Did you read Huck Finn? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Meh. Yeah. Um, I really liked um, Their Eyes Were Watching God. Really enjoyed that. I haven't read that. That was good. Um, I'm trying to like quickly look up uh-huh. like... The high school classic. Yeah, high school classic books. Yeah, the ones you got to read in high school. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm planning on reading the follow-up to um, To Kill a Mockingbird. That's on my list, my okay. to-do list. I've been reading um, In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. Okay. And then I'm going to read that uh, Harper Lee Uh-huh crime yes that you book. mentioned in the recommends yeah that's gonna be good um just because in cold blood is actually dedicated to harper lee they were really good friends harper lee and truman oh, capote were and then that. they had a falling out like, oh. later in there okay which i can totally see because truman capote was a nightmare as far as i could tell yeah yeah <laughs> great writer yeah um i mean i guess like the maybe some of like the greek classics like okay. i just like the odyssey or something yeah i think we did in a humanities class, we did like portions of it, mm-hmm. and I just think I have like no mm-hmm. desire to really mm-hmm. know about um, to like read about gods and yeah. weird. Uh-huh. Um, I get that. Oedipal things. Things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, We've all got our things that we just don't <laughs> want to put the time, sink the time into. But yeah, there was a lot of them that I really enjoyed i mean oh yeah i'm trying to like there's a like every single one that i'm reading here basically i did enjoy i liked reading the crucible mm-hmm. um i loved that arthur miller i really enjoyed the plays yeah i enjoyed reading plays mm-hmm. the plays the big plays that you have to read are were i enjoyed all of those yeah i had to read a play a long day's journey into night in oh, college i know that one yeah i had to read that in college and i hated it and then I had some professor that also made us read Equus. Oh. A weird horse one. That was weird. College is strange. <laughs> it's a strange place. Anyway. But I liked A Tale of Two Cities. I liked The yeah. Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, of Mice and Men. Yeah. Uh, I liked Frankenstein. Catcher in the Rye was weird. I liked The Catcher in the yeah. Rye, though. And I had a, te- I had a great teacher. Oh, that makes all the difference. Who also loved The Catcher in the Rye. Right. And she loved me, too. Helpful. And it was like, we could have just done that class with just me and her Mm -hmm. and the book. (laughs) Yeah, I had one of those, too. My junior year English teacher, just amazing. That's same junior year, same thing. Incredible teacher. Mm -hmm. She was like one of those really artsy old ladies. Mm -hmm. She had her hair, you know, like she would, it was dyed like old lady funky colors. Okay. Not like a bright pink or anything, but it was like a really fun red. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she had kind of the flowy clothes and yeah. she was just fun and I really enjoyed her. And so I have sh- the, a copy of To Kill a Mockingbird 
that you would just look at it and be like, this is one of those like 50 cent cheapo copies, mm-hmm. but it was, it's special to me because it was her copy okay. that she taught the class from and she let Ooh. me keep it. And so that's like my little piece of just a reminder of that time. And the, the copy of the catcher in the rye that I had, I pulled off of my stepdad's bookshelf mm-hmm. and it was just like a little Brown copy, mm-hmm. but it was older than all the ones that the kids had in my class. Mm -hmm. And so the day that everyone like bought their book, Mm -hmm. brought their book to Mm -hmm. class, she was like, oh, look at your old like 70s version. She was like, I like that. Yeah, she. I'm pretty sure her son's name was Holden. And he had she this was really little, into it. Yeah, and okay. he had this little red hat. Oh, my. And this, the picture that she had in the classroom, he had this red hat on. That's funny. That I do not, I think that was intentionally. But anyway. Right. Okay, well, hey, guys. Welcome to whatever week you're listening to this on. <laughs> Our recording schedule is weird right now because we're preparing for Joy to have a baby. I think by the time you hear this episode, Joy will have had her baby. Georgia won't be doing that sock puppet thing because she'll be out in the world Mm -hmm. doing things um but so we're just trying to get ahead so we can drop content every week so i don't know what week it is i don't know what you guys are up to but today we're going to talk about being easily offended being overly sensitive and make a case for how that is actually sinful what (laughs) how dare um (laughs) So it was, it, I mean, it was my idea to talk about this because of something, some things that you were talking about, about mm-hmm. our need to be gracious. Um, and I know there are people who will, will hear that coming from us and think, well, you guys aren't gracious. You guys are very intense. Um, I don't think the opposite of graciousness is intensity. Right. <laughs> um, just number one. I think that's a false dichotomy. Um, I do think that we need to speak clearly and boldly and in a way very unapologetically about the Christian faith. Um, I think all of that is still true and our position on that has not changed. Right. Um, What I'm talking about um, is something I deal with on a microcosm with with parenting. Yeah. Um, But it's also something I deal with with within real life relationships and also online. But something I, I want Which is always a tough thing to realize, right? Right. When you're dealing with something with a bunch of adults and then you're like, oh, the reason I know what this is is because my kids are doing this. Because I'm trying to work on this okay. with my kids. But I okay. I think it's important <laughs> that we teach our kids and, and we start young, um, to teach them not to be easily offended. And so I have a reason for that, but number one, before the reason for that, what that looks like is, um, let's say, and this is something I've seen happen, um, you've got one kid who is being hyper and jumping around and they're playing with their sibling and they accidentally, you know, I I see it all the time. Like one kid will be doing something and then they won't expect their sibling to turn around and the next thing you know, they've smacked him in the face. Right. Like they meant to... They meant to, you know, hit him with a pillow in the arm, but then the kid turned and now they're getting smacked in the face. And now that kid is offended and upset. Mm -hmm. And maybe they genuinely got hurt. Maybe, you know, 
maybe they did. They genuinely got hurt. Um, we had jump ropes. It was the first time we had jump ropes. And the kids barely know. hurt that, if you get whacked with one. Yeah. And enough. so they barely know how to use jump ropes. One of them wasn't paying attention. One of them was being too intense. The next thing you know, one of them's got this little like laceration. Which is what always happens. <laughs> right. In rough games, someone always ends up being more aggressive. Right. And then and it's, it's not a fun game for the other person. It wasn't meant to it wasn't meant to harm. They were just yeah. playing. And so something that I will always address in those moments is I will address number one with the perpetrator. I will say, Hey, it was not very loving of you to not be gentle with your sibling. Mm-hmm. You weren't being gentle. You weren't being considerate in this moment. Um, you weren't paying attention. And so now you've harmed your neighbor. It wasn't intentional. However, if you had been paying attention or if you had been more gentle or if you had been more considerate, you wouldn't have caused any harm. So that's why don't you yeah, go ahead we and can ab- learn this. Go ahead. And I understand you weren't trying to harm your sister or your brother or whatever, but you need to acknowledge that that's what happened and, and apologize. And then I will address the offended party because I'm like, hey, she did not mean to hurt you. He did not mean to hurt you. He was not out to harm you. If you refuse to talk to him or her for the rest of the day, if you're going to give them a sour face, if you're going to try to hurt them back, you're sitting against them too. And the reason I believe that um, is because that action of being easily offended and overly sensitive is the opposite of what Paul explains as being loving in the famous love passage, First mm-hmm. Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. So there's some sections in there that that behavior actually goes directly against. Um, it's not patient. It is, it is not patient at all. Um, love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. That is being easily angered. So if you are easily angered, that's the opposite of being loving. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So if you're going to not talk to your sibling for the rest of the day because of this wrong that happened, you're not being loving. Um, especially the part where it talks about how it always hopes. It's always hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. You're not hoping the best of your sibling or anyone who unintentionally or intentionally harms you. Like you have to hope for the best. Yeah. Um, and you could like, or even to, if you're going to make an assumption, assume that it was a mistake rather than right. that they did it to intentionally harm you. Right. So because, because the, the easy offense and, and the, the quick to assume the worst, the quick, to keep a record of the wrongs, the quickness to be impatient with your sibling, all of those things are the opposite of love. Therefore, you're in the wrong. Your command is to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Your family is always going to be your closest neighbors. Well, yeah. not always, most of the time. Right. In your sibling relationships, those are going to be your closest neighbors. Therefore, you are not being loving in that moment. And I think this is something we absolutely have to teach our kids. Because yeah. what happens when you don't... <laughs> Is you grow up and you have a bunch of adults who are easily offended, who are always who are looking entitled for, to never being wrong. Right. That's right. They are always looking for a way in which they are being slighted, which is the definition of being self-seeking. Right. They're always looking for ways that um, to keep a record. Well, you did this and you did this and you did this. Therefore, da 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 da. You you you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's not hoping for the best. Right. 
so obviously we see this online. Obviously, yeah. ob- obviously this isn't doesn't just chi- it is childish behavior. Well, and this we do in person too. This yes. happens a lot. I mean, I think if you, even if you want to talk about in close relationships, so your family relationships, your friend relationships, mm-hmm. um, generally this happens with people who you might have some like differences with if you, you know, you probably have like your core group of friends that mm-hmm. very much share your beliefs and things like that. But mm-hmm. when it comes to maybe like family or friends that fall a little bit outside of that, that's right. We can tend to be a little bit more critical of people's intentions. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, um, there's a part of me. So I, I hear what you're saying and then I, tr- you know, you try to anticipate the argument against what sure. you're saying when you're talking about something because you want to give people like a full understanding of what you're saying. So mm-hmm. I, I'm inclined to say people are going to, to wrong you mm-hmm. and we're not saying you can never be offended, mm-hmm. but actually I think what I would want to say is that we should just strive mm-hmm. to behave the same way even if we are offended yeah Uh, yes um yep legitimately like you i'm not saying that you can't feel legitimately offended or people can't Mm -hmm. legitimately do offensive like i'm not giving other people a free pass Mm -hmm. saying that they're always did it by mistake or they're Mm -hmm. always whatever Mm -hmm. but i think the point is is whether or not someone did it on purpose Mm mm-hmm we're still supposed to act. We're still called to respond a certain the way. same way. Yeah. Yeah. So even if, I mean, and, and I do think that we, I think our standard for intention is a little too loosey goosey. Oh yeah. In our society. Yes. Our culture. Um, My intentions are always pure, but I know everybody else. Right. <laughs> so basically like you can, inf- you can make an inference into someone's right intention. And sometimes it's very clear. Sure. Um, but you're but short probably of that, not as, good, as right as you think right, you are. Yeah. So to even to assume that you think you know their intention mm-hmm. if they haven't explicitly made that clear. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone has said, like, I hate you, <laughs> then that's pretty clear. Well, you don't have to make any assumptions. Right. You don't have to make an, any assumptions. Um, and you can even be offended by that. But your response to it. Right is still the same. Mm-hmm. You're st- like, if you respond unlovingly, mm-hmm. then that's not being, um, loving, <laughs> obedient. Right. right. Um, because the long and short of it is, is not, it's not, well, you know, we live in a really messed up world. We live in a world that's very, that's full of communication and, um, controversial topics. And we're all talking about things, um, that are kind of heated and people get heated and feelings get hurt. Right. And so, um, you know, we as the Christian, we need to, we need to know where to draw the line with some people. We need to know, um, when someone is, we, when we can cut someone out of our lives or mm-hmm. I don't know why we have that. Like, let's not try to justify being offended too much. <laughs> right. Let's not try to justify, um, looking at someone as mm-hmm. the as an offending party too much mm-hmm. because here's another thing that you can't do like even if even if you decide uh, you know 
even if you decide to maybe not be friends with someone anymore because Mm -hmm. they're constantly offending you. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear. They said they're the one that said, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) And so you decide. Here's what we're not allowed to do still. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to spend the rest of your life talk, telling the story about your friend who said they hate (sighs) you. And now like so like even in the ultimate friendship breaking moment where you guys can't even the boundary has to be drawn and you can't even be in communication. Mm -hmm. You have to both mutually decide to just, we can't get along. Mm -hmm. It just isn't happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in that. So worst case scenario, basically Mm -hmm. no record of wrongs. Right. And that means you don't get to hold on. Like you, you're going to be offended. People are going to offend you. People are going to say things on purpose or accidentally and they're going to mm-hmm. say them to be mean mm-hmm. um they're going to say them to take a shot at you they're going to say them and they're not going to be true and the person's going to know that it's not true <laughs> and they're going to say it anyway that's right um i'm not saying well all those things i'm not like i'm not saying you have to you have to um pretend that no offense exists mm-hmm. but our response to the offense stays the same Right. I'm um so I really I don't have any recommendations mm-hmm. in terms of like I'm not I'm not a pragmatist I guess when it comes to this mm-hmm. topic I don't think uh I don't think there is a um I just don't think it's that nuanced I think we make no. it a little bit more complicated than it needs to be yep um you either are being gracious and loving to someone mm-hmm. who is your enemy mm-hmm. or you're not Right. And and ultimately everything in the passage about love is in response to offensive treatment. So like not easily angered. Well, that means something that could anger you is happening. A record of wrongs assumes you're going to be wrong. Um, this is, you know, love is patient. Well, it assumes that things are going to happen that might make you impatient. However, love is going to act patiently. So in a lot of ways, these are responses to things that are not loving and people will do things that will offend you. The question is, are you going to respond lovingly or not? And sometimes, but so, but that that's, this is the great thing. I think this is a, a dividing line for us to look at. Um, when it comes to like, okay, well, how do I call a brother or sister out or how I do, how do I let someone know they're saying something false, they're acting wrongly, whatever, but also still be loving? Well, be patient while you call them out. Be kind while you call them out. Don't envy them while you call them out. Don't keep a record of their wrongs while you're calling them out. Don't be easily angered when you're calling them out. Don't delight in evil when you're calling them out. Like nowhere in here do we discover that correction is bad. Right. Scripture is used for correction. Therefore it cannot be bad. Yeah. But you can correct poorly. Right. And I don't have a hundred percent track record on this and none of us do. No. But the point is, is that we should be striving towards this. We should be loving in this way. Um, and I think not being easily offended. It's so funny because what I'm starting to see now, our culture has, has put a, a finger 
on the fact that we live in a very easily triggered, right. easily offended time. Uh, and we, we, we're, we're okay with making fun of people who are easily offended. We're yeah, like, look who at this need person. their safe space or whatever. Ha, ha, ha. Christians should have a problem with people who are easily offended legitimately because it's un- it's unloving. Right. Because it's a sign of a disordered heart. Yeah. If you are easily offended, if you are always overly sensitive, that is absolutely a red flag of a disordered heart. Mm-hmm. And we know that from scripture. We don't need the culture with their memes and their snowflake commentary and whatever else to know that this is improper behavior. Um, but it's almost like blood sport now to be like, Oh, look at those snowflakes or, you know what I mean? It's like everybody thinks everybody else is a snowflake and it's like, well, here's the deal. Your sinful heart is the reason why you can be overly sensitive (laughs) and easily triggered. And that no group out there has, uh, you know, owns that. Yeah. Um, I agree. Some are more sensitive than others, but just welcome to humanity. Like welcome to the human condition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I really, it's something I've been thinking about because, um, it's easy. There's a lot of times I see things online said about us or said about me. Uh, and, I think because I have spent so much thought on not being easily offended or overly sensitive, I can see what's being said and then truly like evaluate it. Mm. Is this really about me? Is this not about me? Yeah. Is this something I should respond to? Is this something I should deal with? Is this something I should ignore? Is this a turn the other cheek moment? Like, what is it? I think if, if I allowed those things to like really hurt me, then I wouldn't be able to see through that. Yeah. But then I would essentially be saying, oh, this is all about me and I'm so important. Right. And that, again, that's selfishness, that's self-seeking, that's not loving. Yeah. So. Well, and, you know, to what you're saying, there's stuff, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff that's said about Sheologians. I've seen the stuff that's said about you in particular. Um, and and some of it is offensive, <laughs> right. <you> guys. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. There are people who don't like Sheologians. There are people who don't like Summer. And there are people that are like have evil hatred in their heart for Summer. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, I'm sure they just think I'm blind and biased because she's my good friend. But at the same time, they're not saying anything about me online. And I wonder (laughs) if it's because I'm not really on there ever. (laughs) It's not really super fun to antagonize someone that... (laughs) doesn't care at all um i don't care at all i know but the point is is that you'll never see it right the point is is that some of this stuff is i like i guess what i'm saying is it is offensive it is super offensive to see something untrue about yourself i just you can choose right to be offended or not yes you can move on yes and respond in an obedient way yeah. Because you will see stuff yeah. that that hits you hard and hurts you. Um, and I hope that most people aren't experiencing that. Sure. But even then, I know that some people are so hair trigger that the minute there's a slight disagreement or just right. they're assuming right. the absolute, they assume that you believe something that you, and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. slow down a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um it's all in, in a situation of you versus them. Mm-hmm. 
you have very little control yeah. over how them responds. Yeah. And that's not me using a um, Weird politically pronoun. forward pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is you will stand before God. Right. And have to for, respond. Yes. For your, not, no one else's. not for them. Right. Your thing. Yeah. And you, at this point, you know how to be faithful. Right. In this way. Right. So. I'm and, not and saying it's if, contrary to the flesh. So if you haven't yeah. practiced this, it's going to be really hard. And I'm not saying like if you're hurt, you can't don't just shove that down forever. <laughs> like you, I'm not saying you can't talk to a friend about it or whatever. Sure. But just keep in mind that venting to that friend and talking right. about the person that said it mm-hmm. and it uh, assuming things that, mm-hmm. that about this person, mm-hmm. like a, even a conversation with your friend where you're just expressing like hurt feelings Mm -hmm. can very easily turn into Mm -hmm. unnecessary offense that's right so make sure that your response is is tight and locked up and and not overly offended yeah that's all i have to say about that i I feel like forrest gump right now (laughs) i mean sometimes (laughs) that's just it (laughs) we could just say we could just keep saying the same things over and over again sometimes I feel like you need it. Not you. You in general. Yeah. You people. What's your My favorite? My pronouns are not you. <laughs> What's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? P.S. Oh, golly. Um, you have three seconds. I'm just kidding. You don't. I, you have more than He's that. been in so many movies. I know. And so many classics. Oh, yeah. Like. I mean, like I, th- I'm pretty sure I bawled like a ch- like a baby when I watched Castaway. I was oh, almost gonna say a child, goodness. but I think I was a child when Castaway. Oh, came Castaway out. destroys me every time. <laughs> the worst. Um, but I also, I mean, I really like uh, I mean, obviously, like, does Toy Story count? Yes, of course. Toy Story is great. Okay. Um, I like uh. Saving Private Ryan. That's like a classic war movie. Yeah, I need to watch that again. Um, but then some of his oldest older stuff, like Joe versus the volcano. Never saw that's that. a classic. The Money Pit. Never saw that's that. That's a great one. Like some of his older older stuff. Okay. And then a part of me, um, I think I like Splash, but I think that's just probably because there's a mermaid in Splash. <laughs> I don't really remember that. I don't really remember much about that movie other than right. that there's a mermaid in it. So right. for every, right, you know, yeah, every girl can relate to just being like, oh, oh there's a mermaid. There's a mermaid. That it's my favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that movie in the '90s with that little girl and her seal? Oh, Andre. Andre. Wow. Wow. That movie. I mean, I would oh. bawl hysterically. I don't remember the ending. I'm gonna watch it with my kids, and I will cry hysterically. <laughs> Also, Andre, um, we watched Endgame the other day. Okay. With the kids. I mean, mm-hmm. Waylon the, was the only one that made it through. But they all came back in the room to watch me bawl hysterically <laughs> again. I still haven't seen at it. At the end. Hysterical. I mean, <laughs> I was like sitting in my chair like, you guys don't even understand. <laughs> so upset. Anyway. Oh my gosh, Castaway came out in 2000. 2000. I know. I Googled that the other day. I know. We, time, we're dying. We're, we're basically, 
in the final act of our lives. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? What the heck? I know. Well, and I just saw Catch Me If You Can, but I feel like <gasps> that's your that's, that's a, a Leo movie. I know. That's yeah. what I mean. Like I feel like you you that can't be your favorite Tom oh, Hanks movie. That has to be your favorite Leonardo you DiCaprio can. movie. It was really amazing. That was a great movie. I love that movie so much. Okay, well, you guys, what is your favorite? Oh, Forrest Gump. Okay, I mean that's like a obviously that's a solid. I don't solid even, movie. I don't even want to talk about it. Um. <laughs> okay, so hit us up on patreon.com slash theologians. For six bucks a month, you can keep the mics on, be a part of our book club, and get early release episodes. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail and tell us your favorite Tom Hanks movie at 470-465-0475. And I remembered the number without any prompting mm-hmm. this time. Um, do we have to tell them anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, well, that's it for this week, you guys. We'll see, see you next week. Uh,